This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, flying solo today to talk about the Vikings' 20-17 win over the Washington Commanders. Segment one, we broke down kind of the game as a whole, took you through almost the play-by-play, really focused in on the situational masters that are the Minnesota Vikings. They continue to be perfect in these moments when they need to be. Right now, we got to talk about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been great. He's been outstanding. The stats might not say it. He admitted last week, you know, heading into this matchup against the Commanders, that he's had better seven-game stretches statistically to start his career. He's not super content with the way he's been playing and producing in this offense. But what I think he should be more than content with is that when he has needed to be at his best, when he when the Vikings have absolutely needed Kirk Cousins to make plays, whether it be in that come-from-behind victory over the Detroit Lions a month ago, the come-from-behind victory over the New Orleans Saints in London, the come-from-behind victory against the Chicago Bears in a game the Vikings kept too close for too long, even you know the, the Vikings win over third-string quarterback in, in, against the Miami Dolphins. Last week, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals, Kirk Cousins has come through time and time and time and time again when the Vikings have needed him to. And that was his biggest problem to, to this point in, in his tenure with the Vikings in his career. He's been a 500 quarterback largely because he's folded like a, like a lawn chair in, when he's needed to be great. So this game was a perfect microcosm of the season for Kirk Cousins. Maybe not even a microcosm because it's every week, every week it's the same thing with him. He gives you stretches early in the game where you're like, wow, this is great. He gives you stretches midway through the game where you're like, this is not so great. What is happening? And consistently he's given you stretches towards the end of the game where he's been nearly perfect when he's needed to be. It was the same thing today. Vikings come out and they punch the commanders in the mouth to go up seven zero. Justin Jefferson, Kirk cousins, just, marched their way down the field. And and what I loved about the first touchdown of the game was that Kirk gave Justin Jefferson a chance and Justin Jefferson made sure it was a good decision from Kirk Cousins. Nine-yard touchdown, 50-50 ball in the back of the end zone. Kirk Cousins not afraid to throw it. It's something people have been begging him to do throughout his tenure with the Vikings. Just throw it. You have Justin Jefferson. He might be their best receiver in the league. Just throw him that ball. Kirk Cousins has been averse to doing that. He's been very, very risk averse throughout his career. You're starting to see as he grows more comfortable in this offense, as he leads more of these comeback drives, he's getting comfortable throwing those 50-50 balls. And he did that on the the opening drive of the game, nine-yard touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson. What I was most impressed with, with, with Kirk Cousins, besides his comeback, you know, the comeback speaks for itself. Kirk Cousins continues to throw these 50-50 balls. And, and, and that's something that, that's been something I've really, really wanted from him for all these years, especially you know when he had digs, when he had feeling in his prime. It was, I'm not really throwing those, those jump balls. I'm not giving my guys a chance. I'm trusting my reads. And if the guy's not open, then I'm saying no. That was an example of it on the opening drive of the game, Kirk Cousins giving Justin Jefferson a chance. I teased to it. What impressed me most, he gave Justin Jefferson another chance towards the end of the first half, a jump ball in the end zone 
from the Washington 26. It goes for an interception. The Vikings don't get any points on that play. In the past, you would have seen Kirk Cousins kind of shut down after that, you know, say, okay, you know, I threw a 50-50 ball, didn't go, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Um, That's not where my read took me. That play was covered. Justin Jefferson was covered on that play at the end of the, the first half. Kirk Cousins threw it anyway. It was a it was a jump ball. JJ got a little bit interfered with, uh, no flag, and it, just a good play by the by the Washington defender Benjamin St. Juice pops it up in the air, and then one of his teammates swoops in to make the interception. That's a fine throw to me. I know it goes in in, in the books as a, as an interception, but what impressed me was how Kirk was able to respond after that. He didn't go into a shell. He wasn't afraid to take shots downfield. A lot of the time that Kirk Cousins and the offense looked stagnant today was because the offensive line had maybe their worst day in the last month or two, um, largely because the commanders are dominant up front. Jonathan Allen, spectacular. Deron Payne, spectacular. Um, rough day for the guards, especially at Ingram. But Kirk Cousins hung in. He he, he took a beating, and, and regardless of throwing that, that interception that might have tilted him in the past, he stepped up in the second half. He was great. The offense, the first two possessions of the second half for the, for the offense, nothing going. A six-play drive that ends in a punt. A three-and-out that obviously ends in a punt. But when the Vikings were down by 10, like I talked about in segment one, Kirk Cousins got the ball back and let a nine-play, 68-yard drive down the field when the Vikings absolutely had to have it at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And they scored points. They kicked a field goal. They couldn't get in the end zone, but they kicked a field goal. They made it a one-score game. The best play on that drive, a 47-yard dime to Justin Jefferson up the left sideline. Remember what I said in the past. Kirk Cousins throws a pick on a 50-50 ball. He's maybe not throwing that that way again. He's not taking shots downfield. Um, he's limiting his, his risk by taking the underneath, taking the check down to Dalvin Cook throwing to CJ ham. Like he's done so many times and people have been frustrated by that. Well, third and seven from the Vikings 41, the Vikings need to play. They haven't done anything on offense since the opening drive of the game. And Kirk cousins hangs in, takes a vicious shot to the chest and, and delivers just a perfect ball to Justin Jefferson, 47 yards down to the 12 yard line. Vikings are in business. Drive stalls. Vikings kick a 25 yard field goal. Down seven. Next possession. Taylor Heineke has de- you know developed this mo- you know this moniker of of almost uh, you know this aura of as as of a, of a gunslinger in the league, which isn't what you probably want to be as a backup quarterback. You probably want to just be safe, protect the ball. Uh, but he is what he is. He's he, he's he's unapologetically himself, and, and he's going to take these risks and. Like you saw at the beginning of the second half, it's sometimes it's going to work. The, the referee is going to run into a defensive player down the field and it's going to go for a touchdown or he's going to take a risk and it's going to end up in the arms of Harrison Smith, which is what happened. Vikings down seven. Taylor Heineke throws a pick. Vikings in business from the Washington 12 yard line. Kirk Cousins steps up once again. Incomplete pass on first down. Next play wheel route to Dalvin Cook. Perfect ball placement, phenomenal one-handed grab by Dalvin Cook in the in the back of the end zone. Boom, tie game. So you look at that. In roughly, well, because this drive took about three and a half minutes, 
Taylor Heineke threw the egregious pick. Kirk Cousins throws the wheel route touchdown to Dalvin Cook. From the time the Vikings trail by 10 to the time the Vikings tie the game, seven minutes-ish of game time, take away from the clock. Kirk Cousins, huge, tremendous in those situations. And then if he needed to be tremendous again, he was. Vikings force a three and out, get the ball back with six minutes and 12 seconds to go. Kirk Cousins leads them right down the field. They basically bleed the clock dry, like I mentioned earlier in the show. The Vikings kicked a field goal to take the lead with about two minutes left, and Washington shot themselves in the foot with an egregious unnecessary roughness call. Kirk Cousins steps back under center, kills the final two two minutes off the clock, leaves about 12 seconds left on the clock. Greg Joseph makes the game-winning field goal. All the play-by-play, I'm, I'm done talking about that. Let's just talk about Kirk Cousins in the abstract right now. Like I said, in the past, Kirk Cousins has become – has been someone that makes you want to pull your hair out because whether it's interior pass rush up the middle or one mistake that he can't get out of his head, he just shuts down in games. He's done it in the past. He's done it for the past three and a half years. That's why Vikings fans basically every single off season are looking, mining the, you know, draft boards or looking at the free agent pool for which quarterbacks can replace Kirk Cousins. I'll admit it, I was never a big Kirk Cousins guy, but I will say this right now, he's won me over this year. I I don't how long is this going to last? I don't know, but we got to we we got to be honest with ourselves here. With how quarterback play has kind of transpired in the NFL this year. You can do a hell of a lot worse than Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And for everyone that was calling for Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis in the draft or whatever free agent that, that existed this offseason, that, that they were just imploring the Vikings to look elsewhere. The Vikings are not 7-1 and one, if anyone except for Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. It, that was attainable this offseason. Obviously, put Patrick Mahomes on this team, they're probably 7-1. and one put Josh Allen. I don't know. He wasn't very good today. Um, like we said, razor thin margin of error, razor thin in the NFL. What, what Kirk cousins deserves credit for is being so spectacular down the stretching games this, this season. Like I said, he's won me over because of it. He has me believing in this team that I did not believe had a chance in, in, in the NFC. Suddenly I look at this team at seven and one and in a flat NFC where you you would assume the NFC East is going to cannibalize themselves at some point. Washington looked plucky today. Philly's undefeated. Dallas has maybe the best defense in the league. The Giants are a upstart team that can't be taken lightly on any given week. You look at what that division is going to do to each other, and you look at how Kirk Cousins has played for the Vikings this year. I don't know. Are they contenders? Yeah, I think at this point you, you we we have to accept the fact that they they are. Has it been pretty? No, but Kirk Cousins, when he's needed to be great this year, has been great, and and that came to fruition again today. You know, he 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 just continues to play well in in, in big moments, and he he's been polarizing since he's been here. I think this is a performance again, and. 
his performance this year, honestly, <clears throat> is going to kind of lend itself to the Kirk apologist over the years saying, see, I told you he was great. But I think even the people who did not like Kirk Cousins, who can't get down with him, are starting to come around. Um, it's it's happening anecdotally, and you know the people that I talk to, they outside of the industry, fans of the team, saying, "Okay, well, wow, he's playing really well," and he is, he is. Um, it's too early to talk MVP. We won't go there. Um, Jalen Hurts, like I said, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. His to lose at this point. Josh Allen wasn't very good today. They're six and two now in in, in Buffalo. Um, but when you look at who has been the most important to their team, Kirk Cousins is right up there. And and he was very, very important to the Vikings today. If the Vikings want to continue to have a chance in this NFC, he's going to need to be very, very important to the team moving forward. That's um, that's my ode to Kirk Cousins. It, it doesn't happen very often, as, as people close to me can attest. Um, I've been one of his biggest critics but there's really not a lot to criticize this year. He's been great. He was great again today. Three drives when the Vikings absolutely needed to have it in the fourth quarter to overcome a 10-point deficit and win the game and improve to 7-1 and one and take a four-and-a-half game lead in the NFC North. This game's on everyone, but, but Kirk Cousins, if, if Kevin O'Connell, and he's, he's been known to do this, he, you see videos of, of the Vikings' social media put out after – Every win this season, O'Connell gives a speech, gives a game ball. This game ball is Kirk's. Kirk's and no one else's, honestly. Kirk was great today. When we come back, we'll give a little bit more superlatives. Uh, there were other guys that stepped up, performed today. Um, it, it, you know, Kirk Cousins did not do this alone. He, he was definitely the catalyst, um, but there were... Some standouts on defense that that helped the Vikings kind of keep their head above water uh, until Kirk Cousins stepped up. Special teams played well, as they continue to do under the tutelage of, of special teams coordinator Matt Daniels. And a newcomer, TJ Hawkinson, he was really, really good in his first game. We'll, we'll get into all of that when we come back. 